Hey everybody, welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here of Locked On 49ers with Bo Brock and Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals getting you ready for week nine, part two already in the two-part series in the regular season of 49ers and Cardinals. Could there be a third part to this one? I don't know. A lot of work to do for those 49ers. Will the Cards even have a quarterback for this one? The Niners have two. We know that storyline all too well. A pump to break this down with the boys one more time getting ready for week nine. At Speedy Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. We've got Alex Clancy, NFL. Did I get yours right, Alex? No. Nope. Clancy's God. Corner. Clancy's Corner, that's right. It's Clancy's only been four corner. years, Peacock. And I, I do four know short it's... Four years. I do know it's at Bob Rack on Twitter for Mr. Bo Brock. You guys rocking the... You guys are all rocking the lids. Maybe I should go find mine over here somewhere. But uh, yeah, I'm pumped for this week. Uh, we got to start with the biggest news of this entire game, which is... Kyler Murray. And to be honest with you, I don't even know who the backup quarterback is. Is it Colt McCoy? Is that who would be running the show if Kyler Murray isn't able to go this week? I mean, this isn't the 49ers backfield where you have to get people from, you know, the the AA, the AFL or whatever to get when three-year guys get hurt the first two weeks. It is Colt McCoy, the one and only, the <laughs> formerly known as the most efficient college quarterback of all time many moons ago. Um, all joking aside, he is a huge upgrade from what the Cardinals have had over the last two years with Kyler Murray uh, being under center and in shotgun on game day. As far as we know, he gets better every day. Kyler does. His injury gets better. Uh, the last five days have been huge for him. The fact that they've had an elongated time off between games has helped. There's no sign that he's not going to play on Sunday. At this point, we just don't know at what percent he's going to be at health-wise. So Bo and I have talked a lot about, like, if he's at 65%, is it time to just roll out Colt McCoy, who moved the ball very well during preseason? He's a, a well-respected backup, and that's kind of the thing we've been struggling with. But if Kyler's 75%, just roll with him. We just don't know what it's going to be yet. What did it look like at the end of the game, right? Because I know he started to kind of, like, hobble around. Was there a certain point where you guys noticed – that, you know what, he might not be 100% as he's ending this game, and then obviously how that will affect him going into the next game? Yeah, Croc is right. It was at the very end of this game. It was right before the uh, that the play with A.J. Green where he doesn't turn around and Razul Douglas picks off Kyler Murray in the end zone and ending that amazing comeback attempt. It was just a couple plays before that Kyler Murray was rushing for uh, – he picked up the first down. Uh, it was a one-yard gain, and he just fell awkwardly, and a Green Bay Packers defender kind of fell on him. And he, it looked like, hey, did he tweak his knee? What happened? He, he didn't look right right away. And then he threw the pick and the confusion. And then next thing you know, Kyler Murray's gimping off the field with trainers surrounding him. And then Jay Glazer comes out with a report on Sunday that, hey, this could be a one- to three-week thing. And then practice on Wednesday. He missed practice, but he spoke to the media and said, hey, he feels good. He's getting better and better. It's been five days since on the mini-buy. It's going to be 10 days all said and done on Sunday. 24 years old. He's as athletic as they come. And, uh, you know, it's it's pointing to Kyler Murray being in the starting lineup for the Arizona Cardinals. And I didn't yeah, see... Let, let, let's jump to your quarterback situation here yeah. first before we go too in-depth. You've got a boatload. You know, Trey Lance, where is he in his... So say Trey Lance, hypothetically speaking, is 100% ready to go on Sunday. It seems like from following both of you on Twitter... Great follows if you're 49ers fans, if you want to get an in, in NFC West perspective from a diff from an opponent, that Jimmy's the guy until he's injured. 
if he gets injured, obviously you don't wish any of that happening. But unless Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured, Kyle Shanahan is riding with the Greek god and not the rookie. Is that true? Yeah, it sounds like Kyle Shanahan, his plan all along was to play Jimmy Garoppolo throughout this season. He's been telling us that, but everybody just thought he was lying. Turns out, I think he's actually telling the truth. Uh, he wants to roll with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and then let the Trey Lance thing happen a little bit more organically. Now, obviously, in the last game when the 49ers met up with Arizona, that was Trey Lance's first real action and first real kind of time taking first team snaps or anything like that. So, you know, it was, it was up and down, but I think Kyle was encouraged by things he saw. It almost sounded like he was alluding to the fact that if if Trey Lance didn't kind of get banged up with his knee, he potentially would have started coming out of the bye. But they're rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo, and, yeah, he he's definitely their guy. Coming off of a game where, you know, he played played well. Yeah, he played well. He balled out. He was a football player last week, and I think he bought himself some time. I think he bought Kyle Shanahan some time as well. And I think if you put some truth serum in Kyle Shanahan throughout this whole process, uh, you might – find that he's saying one thing publicly but privately hopes something different is going to happen but I think it's the smart way to do it we've seen it with every team every time and you always know it's BS they're like oh we're going to start the veteran all year long because they don't want to put pressure on the young quarterback and they don't want to be wrong about that and you don't want to put him out there too soon and that's what Kyle Shanahan's been talking about is like he's not going to play him just to play him uh, and he talked about how uh, you don't start doing that until you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs so it'll if, the, if that happens to the 49ers for sure it'll be Trey Lance's show but at this point they feel like uh, and uh, you know Kyle Shanahan's the type of coach. He's a smart guy. He wants all. He wants his entire playbook to be able to throw at a team. He doesn't want to have to pare things down like he would have to for a rookie quarterback. On any rookie quarterback, that's not just on Trey Lance. So I'm not surprised that it's gone this direction. And then sort of it becomes a chicken or the egg argument because then the backup quarterback doesn't get enough reps to get good enough to become the starting quarterback. So with Jimmy out, it kind of gave Trey Lance that opportunity. If Lance would have stayed healthy with how bad Jimmy played the week before. Maybe we would have seen it, but I still think it's a week-to-week progression here with Jimmy Garoppolo because uh, as soon as a bad game comes, if he throws some picks, if they lose some games, then you're going to see that whole tidal wave again of media and fans calling for the rookie. But for right now, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo definitely bought themselves some time with winning in Chicago. Before we kind of get into the back and forth and we really – break down this contest coming up on Sunday in week nine. Let's do a health check because this point in the season, every team is hurting. Last time we saw the San Francisco 49ers, they didn't have George Kittle. Looks like he's trending towards uh, potentially playing on Sunday. Uh, Rodney Hudson could be back in the lineup for the Arizona Cardinals, the center who was injured against the Niners. What's the latest on uh, the health or the health status as far as San Francisco goes? I think the big thing for the 49ers, their trade deadline, they did add Charles Amenahu, a little extra defensive lineman, a defensive end from the Texans. Uh, solid young player, but I think the real moves for them, the real boost they'll get post-trade deadline is getting guys that were injured back. Um, Robbie Gold is another one. His practice window has opened along with George Kittles and Jeff Wilson Jr. So all three of those guys' practice windows reopened off of IR this week. We'll find out when and if those guys come back. Um, I don't think it'll be this week for those guys, but it could be. It's one of those things where you hear about the window opening and then all of a sudden, oh, George Kittle's active. And George Kittle's a hard guy to keep away from the field. So if his practice window opened, 
his game window is probably going to open pretty soon. So I wouldn't put it past him to be there this week. But right now, we don't know anything more than their practice windows have opened. But the the injury list is pretty long for the 49ers. We've been down this road. Um, both quarterbacks have been nicked up. I think they're both healthy enough to play. Uh, there was an injury for some other really important players. Both safeties are probably going to be out in this one. Um, Trent Williams has been dealing with ankle and elbow injuries. They were without D. Ford and Aziz Alshayir, who've been starters on defense last week, along with their first-round pick from last year, Javon Kinlaw, who's on IR. So uh, they do have a lot of dinged-up players and a lot of pretty good dinged-up players. But once you get George Kittle back, then uh, as long as there's you know nothing else big happens, I think they're going to be in really good shape in the next few weeks to be as close to full health as they need to be to go win some games against some really good opponents yeah. like the Cardinals and Rams. I think they're fine. I think, like, you know, as far as how players feel at this point midway through the year, having dings and things like that, they're fine. I think the biggest thing is they'll probably be missing Chokwiski Tart. Well, definitely Tart. And then also Jimmy Ward. That That's the big one. But aside from that, they're fairly health, healthy all the way around. And that's to go along with the, the multiple injuries they've had at corner. Verrett's out for the year. So uh, yeah. if you don't have the veterans in the middle, does that impact the guys on the outside? And, and do they start to play a little bit worse too? So that does get a little bit dicey against a team that can sling the rock around as so many weapons like those Arizona Cardinals. Okay, we'll get a little bit deeper into this. We're going to bounce some questions off each other, maybe make some predictions here and some key matchups in this Week 9 contest. But first, I want to tell the listeners about a very special sponsor, McDonald's. This episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. And how about that dependable Wi-Fi? Maybe you could download an episode of, uh, it probably good, if we're talking dependable Wi-Fi, you could even go the YouTube route and stream that video of Bo Brock and Alex Clancy at Locked On Cardinals while you're having your French fries, while you're having your McFlurries, while you're uh, dipping those nuggets. Um, I'm a mustard sauce guy with my nuggets. I don't want to get into that conversation right now because that is definitely, definitely the elite class of nugget dipping sauces. Get get, get that barbecue sauce all the way out of here. Uh, McDonald's is the place you always look forward to stopping on that that long road trip too. That is key to get that road trip burger so head to your local mcdonald's refuel reconnect mcdonald's you can say it with me if you want i'm loving it and you know what you also do while you're refueling is use the get upside app with promo code touchdown you can get extra 25 cents per gallon this app is legit i downloaded it it's so fantastic you open it up super easy you find your local gas station you claim your your uh your 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 promo special and you get 25 cents off per gallon that's a lot of extra money per gallon especially for someone who drives a lot if you're commuting if you're listening to podcasts then you probably are driving quite a bit so stop off and download that app and get yourself some 25 cents back per gallon and when you use promo code touchdown you can double that for your first tank of gas and get 50 cents per gallon cash back uh Super easy to use. The The money goes right back into your GetUpside account. Then you can withdraw that money at any time for, for, uh, to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, whatever you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. I mean... Peacock. 
Peacock. Yeah. Mustard with your nuggets? Yeah, let me, okay, you know what? You get him every day. I don't get a chance to berate him as much as I'd like. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock, Locked on 49ers. It's a crossover Thursday. These are some of our favorite guys to talk with. Um, Croc, I'm really happy you joined Peacock this year. I know he gets lonely um, talking about Kyle Shanahan and the love spreading the gospel of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan may be the the mustard sauce of coaches, completely wow. overvalued. You know, the greatest you of just, all time coach. Need, I mean, if you did a poll of what the best McDonald's sauces were, just because they're all good, but in ranks, barbecue sauce is going to be the Mecca. Barbecue sauce and the McDonald's Coke are why people go back. I mean, the food's great also. Those are the accents. But I mean, sweet and sour has got to be there. Ranch, I would assume at some point has got to be there. I mean, I think that the mustard is probably last. I think it's probably it last. Bar- just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. You know how many albums Nickelback has sold? I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot more than, than Kyle Shanahan has wins. So so let's jump into this really quickly here. <laughs> Wait a minute. We get, we got to chill with the, with the Kyle Shanahan slander, all right? Okay, Kyle let's do Shanahan, it. Let's do it. Because I, I get it. And and we could be critical of him because we cover the 49ers. But you guys can't get You could be, like but are he, you? He kicked your guys' butt with C.J. Beathard. That's right. true. In so, a game that didn't matter yeah. for them whatsoever. Robert it didn't Sala matter for y'all, though. But in that yeah. game. Yeah. Defense. Robert Sala did. Ah. Now, now, okay. So hey, you know who says, kicked so, the 49ers butt a couple weeks ago? J.J. Watt. And he's not going to be around. True. You don't get J.J. So, Watt so, against Daniel Brunskill and Mike McGlinchey this time around. Uh, maybe a little dinged up ankle for Kyler now, Murray. And don't try to pretend that Colt McCoy is going to come out and, uh, and knock off the San Francisco 49ers at Levi's Stadium. Okay. Where they uh, have hold on. By the way, where they haven't won gone off the I mean, this has gone completely off the rails. Let me I want to I want to give you a little I want to give uh John Lynch some kudos here. I feel like they could have paid Fred Warner double. Like like Fred Warner is the most important person on that defense has been for two and a half years now and now he's he, he got the bag, okay? Is he the best linebacker? that nobody knows like across the landscape. Like he's not a, a poppy linebacker name yet around, you know, unless people that know football, is he the best linebacker without the name, the true name recognition as an all pro guy yet in the NFL? No, I think he is well known now. I, I think if you would have said the year before, which was what 2019 or yeah, 2019, I think that was the year where he played at a very high level and yeah. people didn't quite recognize it. But last year, you know, they had the whole, you know, all pro Fred nickname and everything like that. And and he got his, I mean, he high, highest rated linebacker on Madden. Uh, you know, I think he got his respect after last season. So yeah, I think, I think people are, you know, they, they're aware of what he's doing. The unfortunate thing is the last two years, 49ers haven't had a ton of wins. And when, and when you don't have a ton of wins, it, it just doesn't splash as much. Even when you have a player playing lights out. I mean, you talked about him being the best player on the 49ers defense. Nick Bosa has seven sacks in seven games. But we don't hear a whole lot about it because uh, the state of the 49ers right now. Sticking with that defense, we saw a very uh, stout defensive front from the 49ers. We saw Nick Bosa rack up his first sack against his draft mate, Kyler Murray, in that last contest. Uh, but since then, we've kind of fallen off 30 points to the Colts. We saw on, on just a, a downpour Carson Wentz kind of turn back the clock a little bit, and then 22 points to the rookie. The, the final score not as indicative as what the actual game looked like. Uh, but we've seen this defense kind of take a step back. What have you seen different? Like, What's the difference between how they played against the Cardinals in a tight contest 17-10 to 10, 
in the last couple of weeks and what should we expect on Sunday? I'd say it's the penalties. And a, a lot of these games have been closer. Like, so say, take the Colts, for example. They had about four big pass interference calls on third downs, three, where if there were no pass interference, it would have killed the drive. They scored points on all three of those drives. Uh, another one was in the end zone. They got the ball placed at the one-yard line. So I think when the 49ers played against the Cardinals, they didn't have the pass interference calls downfield, and they played extremely well. Last week, same kind of thing, but obviously you have – uh, you know, Justin Fields, who was able to make plays with his leg. But I think the coverage was well, so that, you know, the team didn't score as many points. I think if the 49ers can keep the pass interference just to a minimum, you know, hopefully we only give up one, they should be in good standing with, you know, where the Cardinals are in that kind of uh, contest. And I do want to add to that, I think the 49ers found a recipe they're going to try to work with, and it only works when they're playing complimentary football and the offense does its job on the other side and scores some points, but it was a very bend-don't-break defense. And I think with all the PIs, uh, we saw something very different last week. and Not very different, it's not like they haven't done it before, but it was very much like, let's just let everything happen in front of us. We are going to play back, we're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to play deep shell and let our guys go tackle your guys, and if you want to just pick us apart, finding hook zones all day. We're going to make you march down the field, and then we're going to try to keep the game close, and we're going to try to score on offense and then keep you off of the field. It was very bend, don't break. And at first it was like, okay, this is maybe not working that great, but it ended up working fantastic. And I think with the injuries at safety, with what they've got going on at corner, I just don't think they want to put pressure on those guys in a ton of one-on-one situations on the outside and deep down the field. So uh, I think that's what we're going to see a lot of, probably a lot of cover for in those types of things from the 49ers defense this week against the Cardinals. Yeah. All joking aside, let's shift to the offense here. Kyle Shanahan's one of the best offensive minds in football. We know that. We like to we like to poke and prod um, because we're in a divisional and it makes things more fun. The one thing that the one budding star that I didn't know, I didn't know. I saw the capabilities. I didn't know that Debo Samuel had these capabilities. Like we thought, you know, he's a great around the line of scrimmage guy. He's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He's a big, huge dude who can't string together multiple games in a row of 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 real wide receiver one numbers, he's blowing the roof off everything this year. Sure, he had two bigger games, I think, that have kind of tilted the numbers where he's the top three wide receiver um, yards-wise, I believe, through the first eight weeks. Is that going to be the offense? Is there going to be a down-the-field component to this that we haven't seen over the last couple seasons, especially with George Kittle potentially coming back this week or next week? Croc and I have been talking about how Debo was a dude and that everyone was talking about Brandon Ayuk in the offseason. Now, we didn't pre- predict it to go exactly like this. Uh, I'd kind of been worried that Debo's downfall not was, was, wasn't going to be talent. I think he's a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense, but it was going to be the injuries that were going to keep him off the field, not allow him to be the guy I thought he could be in this offense. And seeing him healthy, seeing him break off big runs, um, he's, he's a, a legit receiver down the field too, going up and getting the football. I like that aspect of his game that a lot of people don't really talk about but we were we were, we were telling people on the podcast in the offseason like like cool down it's not like going to be a Ayuk's this great number 1 Debo's completely you know back seat to him it's going to be at least a 1A 1B situation with Debo because he's really good and I think his usage last year had more to do with his injuries more to do with the quarterback injuries because he was really more of a gadget player almost like uh, the usage of a Rondell Moore last year for the 49ers so uh, this year seeing him truly treated as a number one wide receiver and putting the numbers up to back it up is is pretty impressive and it's uh, it's been pretty wild to see how much of the offense and the percentage of the offense that he's 
had because George Kittle's been out for weeks. George Kittle's still the second leading receiver for the 49ers, and he's about 600 yards behind Debo Samuel. So it's been all Debo on offense. It's been pretty amazing. And, and he's not doing it your like kind of traditional way. You know, I think yeah. most people think when you think of like, you know, route runners or the way guys win with contested catches downfield and all that, he can bring that element, but he's kind of changing the way that maybe a wide receiver one might have to be viewed because he's just a jack of all trades and he does everything. And Kyle uses him as just a weapon. He's purely an offensive weapon. And however he say, sees fit in that game at that time, he's going to utilize him in that way. And he's been very productive doing it. Kyle Shanahan kind of taken from his his father and uh, Mike Shanahan and being able to find a six-round running back that can absolutely just terrorize opposing defenses. Elijah Mitchell, a guy that you guys brought up to us last time. And he didn't have that great of a game against the Arizona Cardinals, but of course he was doing that with a rookie quarterback uh, in the shotgun and under center. But Elijah Mitchell, the last two games over the century mark, his most impressive performance uh, was the last contest against the Bears. He goes for 137. Should we expect uh, three games in a row? for Elijah Mitchell over the century mark against the Cardinals? Yeah, I think so. I think he can absolutely do it. I think that's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. You know, he wants to get uh, he wants to get the chains moving. He wants to have a good running game. Things are going well with the offensive line. Blocking for Elijah Mitchell, I think he's a good fit. He hits the holes quickly, hits the holes hard, has a little bit of uh, speed to make some big runs as well. So that is definitely the goal for Kyle Shanahan every week. So I would be surprised uh, if he doesn't try to do that. Are the Cardinals up for the challenge to stop that? That That's what that's all about. And look, um, yeah. Bobby Turner is the running backs coach, and, and Elijah Mitchell was his guy. And Bobby Turner has been a Shanahan running backs coach all the way back to Denver with Kyle's dad. So there is some continuity there with how they identify running backs, and I think Bobby Turner is a big part of it. And it's funny because Bobby Turner's guy, that sixth-round pick, is the one that's getting all the carries in the 49ers' backfield and the one that maybe the scouting staff liked more. Well, definitely the scouting staff liked more. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan did or not, but they traded up to get Sermon, and he is a – complete afterthought like he, he's burning a hole in the bench right now with the sixth round pick who's who's become the dude in the 49ers backfield so that'll that'll be a big story this game can the 49ers get in those third and shorts and, and have some catch and run situations for Debo Samuel and keep the the chains moving and that starts with the running game Alex okay, Lynch, you look at Elijah Mitchell oh, go, ahead. go ahead oh no I was All gonna right. say Elijah Mitchell you know last game they the, the bigger issue was the 49ers got away from the run game with him. You know, he had you know nine carries and it was averaging, you know, around five yards per carry, but he just didn't have the touches that we've seen him get in other games. So I think that, you know, obviously took away from his production, maybe having a quarterback that also, you know, ran for almost 100 yards. Uh, I think he'll be more of a focal point in the run game without Trey Lance being back there with him. Alex Lancey, Bob Rock, Locked On Cardinals, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers, crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up next, Peacock and Croc are going to fire away at Bo and myself about the Cardinals. We'll talk about that next, but first, betonline.ag. Listen, it's still a pick right now, according to betonline.ag, regarding the Cardinals going up to Levi Stadium on Sunday to play the 49ers. Now, I don't know if this line, this line will probably change if Kyler Murray officially decides to play, but what doesn't change is that betonline.ag is your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Go to the new updated desktop or, or mobile website right now. Like they've completely changed the interface. Everything's a lot more streamlined. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. Go to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. Basketball, football, 
NHL, boxing, UFC, everything, Vegas, casino games, whatever. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys. Cardinals 49ers. I want to talk a little bit about the guys who aren't there or might not be there a little bit more. We've talked a lot about the quarterback and Kyler Murray. If he doesn't play, and then J.J. Watt, who uh, just dominated the 49ers in that last contest, isn't there. Like When I looked at that line and I saw the line of even a pick'em game for the 49ers against the Cardinals for a 7-1 team against a 3-4 and team with uh, that 7-1 team already beating the 49ers once, I thought, there's something wrong with this line. And I thought about it. It's like, wait, okay, wait a second. The two biggest parts of the 49ers losing that game might not be there for the Cardinals. Does, is, is it that big of a change where you would say, oh, give me the Cardinals by seven points, and if they're not out, oh, this is even now. Or maybe even this thing should swing the 49ers way to, since they're at, uh, at home at Levi Stadium this week. I mean, what we've seen, let, let me focus on the J.J. Watt thing first. Chandler Jones went out after week five of last year and the Cardinals defense got better. Their blitz packages got better. Their defense, their pass rush got better. Vance Joseph has been a wizard. So I think that's a little bit less um, of a task to overcome, even though J.J. Watt has been great in the run defense, which is something obviously that the 49ers uh, focal point is when, when their running backs are healthy, when the defense allows it. With Kyler Murray, I trust Colt McCoy to keep the, the Cardinals in it. And I think that's all you can ask for from a backup quarterback. And if Kyler doesn't play, I think the pick is about right. Because I think the, even with AJ Green out, I think the position players offensively for the Cardinals are better than the 49ers. You give Jimmy G a little bit of a leg up over, over Colt McCoy. But I think Colt McCoy and his ability to run this offense um, won't have the Cardinals too far behind the eight ball if Kyler Murray doesn't play. Isaiah Simmons got knocked a little silly, but made the play of the game when he stuffed the young rookie quarterback who learned about, uh, by the way, QBU, North Dakota State. They don't go up against guys that are built like Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. So he, <laughs> I, I think that was a big learning experience for Trey Lance. Like, oh, guys are a lot bigger, a lot faster. That window's going to close. I can't just put my head down and run over this linebacker because he's as big and as fast as I am. He's not, you know, a 210 pound dude who's going to be selling insurance uh, in a couple of years. So I, I want to talk about those young linebackers, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, they're freaks of nature really. And so how has that looked for them? How has that development looked on defense and how is this whole defense coming together there uh, behind the big beast you had up front with, with Chandler Jones and JJ Watt who get all of the headlines on that defense? It seems like every week, Brian, Isaiah Simmons is making a big play at the goal line, just like he did against the, the Niners and Trey Lance. And by the way, if Trey Lance just pump fakes, he's in the he's on he's an unscathed. He doesn't even have to like risk his career for what he did and <laughs> stuffed uh by by uh by our guys over there as far as Isaiah Simmons. Zayvon Collins is dealing with an AC joint injury. We don't know what his if he's gonna be available. He's back at practice earlier this week, but he missed most of the game against Green Bay and he's been playing really small amount of snaps he, he the first round pick once again Steve Kime has a guy that's probably going to kind of have a red shirt year but Isaiah Simmons in his second year is just taking an absolute huge leap and he can do it all I mean as far as pass coverage he made a great play one-on-one against Aaron Jones he was step for step with them and Aaron Rodgers liked the like the look and, and threw it right at him and, and Simmons gets the pass break up got a couple he's, he's kind of very Fred Warner-ish uh, but you know you don't want to just kind of keep him in that linebacker 
uh, position because he can play all over the place. We've seen a matchup with wide receivers against Adam Thielen and the Vikings. So he is that Swiss Army knife that we saw at Clemson, and he's really just kind of finding his his way at the NFL level and is making big plays for this Arizona Cardinals team. So uh, he matches up well. I mean, if, if, if it is Kittle time, I, I would love to see that matchup. You know, I'd love to see that matchup. And it's not the same Isaiah Simmons uh, guys that that look back in his first game as an Arizona Cardinal, as an NFL player, and Raheem Mozart was going 71 yards to the house because Simmons was in a in a busted coverage. But he, he's just leaps and bounds from where that day. And I uh, just love to watch him play each and every down for the Arizona Cardinals. He's been a beast. Yeah, um, so you guys touched on – AJ Green being out of his game, it looks like it's uh, to COVID. Uh, what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins? I know he had the hamstring thing last game. He kept checking himself back into the game. Is he <laughs> going to be a full go uh, against the 49ers come Sunday? You know, one of my favorite things to tweet out to say in our podcast is death taxes and DeAndre Hopkins plays on game day. You know, like <laughs> he's, he hasn't – like we knew when the Cardinals traded for him, he doesn't practice a whole lot. That kind of comes with the package. He's been in a, a wide receiver one for the last four or five years. He doesn't practice a whole lot. Sure, you get the veteran day off now, but this is the most hobbled we've seen him. And he and right when he came back on the field, mind you, he caught a 15-yard in for a first down. So it's not like, like if the Cardinals need to use him a little bit more sparingly to keep him for the longevity of the season, maybe use him more inside the 20s, inside the red zone than between the 20s, and let the young bucks do that. I, I think that the Cardinals will be more apt to do that, but with AJ Green out, that's a little bit more difficult. He's gonna like I'd be shocked if he's not playing if he's seventy five percent or better, and I think he will be. This long break with all the injuries that happened, and I I hope you guys saw my petition that the home team for Thursday night game should not be the home team the week before to let the ground and the field actually get healthy before the next game is being played. I would love those, your signatures on that petition. I'd like that after the podcast. Um, he's going to be fine in my opinion. And we haven't seen anything otherwise to make it, to make it look otherwise. I will definitely sign that petition, Alex, uh, as long as you sign the mustard sauce petition. Uh, I'll sign it in barbecue sauce. Okay. How about that? Even. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, what's the usage for Zach Ertz going to be? What's he, what's he looking like in, in that Cardinals uniform? Yeah, he's he's looking good. He's acclimating uh, to this this offense. I mean, it was he hit the ground running in his first week as an Arizona Cardinal. Had a big, uh, it was the longest touchdown catch of his career. Funny enough, in, in his first time donning the Cardinals uniform, what was it? Forty-seven yards in the house. Alex he goes for sixty-six. He had some big catches and the loss to Green Bay. And he's you know, look, the Niners never face Arizona Cardinals with a tight end in the lineup like Zach Ertz. I don't care if he's going to be thirty-one this month. As far as playmaking, they haven't had a guy at that position that's been able to be a playmaker the, the caliber of Zach Ertz. So it's been nice to see. It's been refreshing to see if uh, if what, DeAndre Hopkins with the hamstring can't go. It, you know, A.J. Green's already pretty much ruled out. You still have to deal with Zach Ertz, and he's going to be in the middle of the field, uh, and he's, he's a big win for Kyle Murray. And then you got Rondon Moore and Christian Kirk, who look like they're they're going to be fine to, get, to go. No problems there. So still a pretty big embarrassment of Rich's uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the biggest one that you want to kind of follow along with, but Zach Ertz is, is fitting right in. It's more quality over quantity than his days in, in Philadelphia, where he was just kind of a target monster. Uh, he, he's just getting opportunities in their open fields, and he's making big plays for this team already. There you have it. Colt McCoy to Zach Ertz, 49ers by 10 Sunday. Uh, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Always fun chatting ball with you. Excited to watch what goes on. 
in week nine here with these two football teams. There are a couple of fun football teams to follow and uh, a couple of fun podcasts to listen to here with yeah, Lockdown 49ers and, and, and one last, Lockdown one last matchup that I always love is the Buda Baker versus uh, George Kittle. Not last year where George Kittle was was hobbled after Buda Baker tackle, Buda Baker tackle. But the first time on Thursday night football when Buda Baker was jumping all over George Kittle, that was kind of like the coming out party of Buda Baker is a big hitter was when he took George Kittle down on one hit. That's something that I remember near and dear. I'm very excited. I hope George Kittle plays. He's one of the best players. Are, are so you much- talking about the game when 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 Kittle like threw him by and then Buda Baker came back and then Kittle threw him again and dove into the end zone? <laughs> That's not the game I'm talking about. I don't okay. know, Crockett. I don't know what t- what games you're watching. <laughs> Peacock, you might need to get your get oh. your dude here in check. Uh, Alex Clancy, Bobrock, locked on Cardinals. <laughs> Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock, locked on 49ers. Thank you, thank you. This has been so much fun. Be sure. After making Locked On Crossover Thursdays your first listen to check out check out Peacock and Williamson, the aforementioned Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers and Matt Williamson. He's been a scout. He was a scout for 10 years. He's been around the NFL game for decades. They do a daily podcast, national stories. It's been a busy week for them. It's been a busy day for them. And I'm sure they're going to hit even more on Friday to um just kind of put a button on the craziness that's been going on. Alex Nancy Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers. Thank you to everybody who listens. We will talk to you both on our respective podcast tomorrow.